Welcome to Get On The Mend from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy. So with evidence-based advice from physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers, take charge of your health. This episode's guest is Dr. Nancy Trevino, Director of the Texas Tech Mental Health Initiative. As we experience new situations and uncertainty during the pandemic, Dr. Trevino reminds everyone not to be so hard on themselves and others. She also offers tips on how adults and children can ease into wearing masks and what we can do if we find ourselves feeling blue. Dr. Nancy Trevino, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Tell us about what you do at TTUHSC. I am the new director for the Texas Tech Mental Health Initiative, and that is a, a new uh, position. We were previously the Texas Tech Mental Health Institute, but there are a few things that we would really like to accomplish that will allow us to, to truly function at an institute status. So we are an initiative uh, within the Department of Psychiatry here at Texas Tech Health Sciences Center, working to improve uh, mental health care and mental health care access uh, in our local community and in our region. So where were you before? Before I came here, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a West Texas girl, so I was born and raised in La Mesa, Texas, and I came to the big city to go to school. <laughs> and I've been here longer than I was there, and so this is my home. So I've stayed here, and after I graduated from Texas Tech with my Ph.D., I looked for jobs here locally so that my children could continue to attend schools here and graduate from the the only school system they'd ever known with Lubbock ISD. And I worked for Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. I was the county extension agent for urban youth development here in Lubbock County. And then I had the opportunity to apply for the position uh, of director of the Texas Tech Mental Health Initiative. So I made that made that leap of faith. Uh, I was uh, offered the position and I've been here since April. So what is it like to start a new job during a pandemic? (laughs) It was very interesting. Uh, Part of what uh, was interesting about it was everybody was unsure about what to do next. What is this going to look like? I was part of one of the first groups uh, for onboarding during the pandemic at the Health Sciences Center. And so that was done virtually. Uh, There's been a lot of Zoom meetings. My chair in the Department of Psychiatry meets with me really consistently on on Zoom so that we could uh, continue to make progress on our efforts and so that I could continue to better understand our goals as an initiative. And the the previous director, uh, Kano McWinney, has been amazing at also being available. So whereas before, maybe working with with your direct supervisor and people that worked in your position previously, it'd be like coffee here and there. And, and now it's, okay, Zoom meetings and texts. So that's just kind of a different dynamic uh, than what I was previously used to. Working with Extension, my boss uh, or my direct supervisor was not located in the same office that I was. So I was already a little bit more used to calling calling him if I had questions, texting him. I had access to his personal cell phone. 
So that wasn't so much new. It just wasn't what I had expected moving into a new position within a much larger system. Wow, that's just so many news, uh, like new things, new job, new situation, new, new, new. So what can you tell us more about this uh, initiative? So the initiative has really been driven by community stakeholders. So with that uh, being said, we have a partnership. We have recently, like hot off the press has happened this week, we worked with a group of community leaders that is called the West Texas Mental Health Partnership. And that group consists of our, our community leaders. So we have the mayor from our city of Lubbock. We have uh, the director of the city health department and other representatives from the city. We also have individuals from the county. Judge uh, Curtis Parrish is part of that. Uh, Commissioner Bill McKay has been a part of that group. We also have representatives in the CEO of StarCare is part of that group. We have individuals from the Texas Tech System, uh, from the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center, um, and from TTU main campus. So Dr. Offerman, Dr. Jumper, Dr. Phillips are all part of that group. Then we also have a representation from our, uh, our hospital systems. So we have representation from both UMC and Covenant. And then we have our, our community partner with the West Texas uh, Community Foundation, who is helping us look for opportunities to, to make progress in our work in mental health care and accessibility of mental health care with additional funding. So all of these individuals get together. And at our last meeting earlier this week, we discussed our priorities. So we, we found four major areas where we would like to continue to work in based on the Meadows Mental Health Needs Assessment that was done here over the Lubbock area. So the Meadows Policy Institute came out and did a needs assessment with our community. They spoke to over 200 individuals in our community working in mental health to identify what our strengths were and also some of the gaps in health in mental health care that we have locally. And so they made recommendations for us, and we are really excited to talk about those findings and to provide the report to the community. And we're hoping to get to do that in August. The pandemic <laughs> uh, really delayed our timeline. They were hoping to be able to do this in April, and it just it wasn't able to happen because of all of the safety precautions. And I mentioned who our big community partners were with the health mental health authority and our hospital systems, it just wasn't possible. They were working to make sure our community was safe. And although mental health is important, our health and safety was a priority for them during that time. So this access to mental health or this evaluation, was it something that our leaders were pursuing already before the pandemic? And have you seen uh, more priority or more importance on that now after being locked in and socially distant? So that was a priority for our, our community partners and our community prior to the pandemic. The Meadows Institute was actually in communication with our community prior to anything happening with the pandemic. This was a process for the Meadows Institute here. 
and for our community. So it wasn't something that happened overnight. Being able to talk to 200 individuals working in healthcare is kind of a challenge. <laughs> so they came out, they did several visits in our community, and they actually also did a community presentation of preliminary findings in October. And so the full report, I believe, was released to the community stakeholders in December of 2019. Before we released the report to the entire community, we wanted to make sure that we were on the same page about what our next steps would be so that there would be some context that the community would know what, what all of the leadership was planning on doing and be invited to partner with those leaders within the community to help fill some of those gaps. And so it's not something that's new. Mental health care was, a, was on the radar of all of our community partners and our community leaders. We have seen a difference. So that has really helped, I guess, speed along the, the progress of the group. Based on the areas that were identified by the needs assessment, there's already been some movement and some progress within the community parties or within the founding partners of the, of the group. So there are some things that are in their, the early stages that will improve mental health care and mental health care access for our community, especially with the greater increase in uh, needing those services. One of the things that one of our uh, founding partners did was StarCare has a, a line uh, that was funded through a grant that allows individuals to call into that line if they are experiencing mental health challenges due to COVID-19 specifically. You mentioned the StarCare line. First of all, um, can anybody just call and what other, what other things can people do when they're feeling this way, when they're feeling alone and isolated or just in a bad place. So with the StarCare line, um, there, are, there are ads on the radio. Uh, they have ads on Facebook and anybody can call that line. And if they need a referral to additional local supports, they can get that. Uh, one of the things that people can do is if they are feeling, feeling sad, feeling alone, they can, we have technology. We're doing this, this interview today over Zoom. So that's one thing that people can do. I know when my kids went to go uh, visit a, a family member, we kept in touch through FaceTime. So we would FaceTime, we would text, we would talk over the phone. Sometimes young people forget that the phone can be used as an actual phone for conversations. <laughs> so that's something that can be done. Uh, one of the big things is when you're not feeling blue, if you can identify three or five people that you can contact if you are feeling blue, that can be helpful because when we're, when we're feeling alone and lonely and kind of having some, some feelings of despair and isolation, it's hard to think about who you can connect with. So maybe writing down a list of three or five people and their contact information will be helpful for you so that you put that on the sticky note. And when it comes time to those times that you do feel isolated and lonely, it's like, oh, okay, there's that sticky note. Let me call those people. And that seems super simple. Like, really, Nancy, that's going to help. But that is something that there have been apps that have been developed through, I believe it was SAMHSA, that has kids identify three people that they want to have contacted when they feel down and they can open their app. They can say, I'm feeling sad. 
and it actually sends a text to those three people because they've input their contact information into that system. And it sends them a text saying your, your family member so-and-so is feeling down and you should check on them. And so it's something that people put effort into. And so it's something you can do without having to get an app, without having to give anybody's contact information. You can do it for yourself with just a sticky note. Wow, that's amazing with the technology. So I've also read that sometimes doing good deeds for others will make people feel better. And I immediately think of wearing masks because, you know, we wear masks not for ourselves, but for other people. How can you maybe, I don't know if you want to risk answering this, but why do you think people would resist wearing a mask? And what would you do to recommend for people to ease into wearing a mask? So that is a a big topic of debate right now. And, and I don't mind talking a little bit about that. Sometimes there are truly people that get physiological symptoms and anxiety from wearing a mask. So just like people are claustrophobic and don't like to get into an elevator. um, And so they go up the steps, no matter how many flights it is, because they get anxiety, they get physiological symptoms, uh, such as the heart, their heartbeat feels like it's going fast, like they're running a marathon and they're just standing there, or they start sweating, or their heart feels like it's going to beat out of their chest. There are some individuals that experience that wearing a face mask. And so some people say, well, it's a choice to not do that. And it's irresponsible. But for some people, we have to understand that they do get physical symptoms of not just discomfort, like they don't like it, but they get symptoms that make them feel like they are going to to pass out or like they're going to have other negative things happen to them. And so some of the things that you can do are kind of work toward getting, I guess, desensitized to wearing a mask. So wear it in your home when you're not going out so that it's, it's one less stressor when you leave your house. Um, You can definitely be a model for other people. You can be a support for other people. So whenever they say, oh man, wearing a mask, it it makes my heart feel like it's going to pound out of my chest. Okay, well, I'm glad you have the freedom to share that with me. I'm really glad that you're willing to, to let me be a support for you. What can I do? Because I don't feel those sensations wearing a mask. Can I deliver your groceries to you? And you, you talked about safely doing that. So, okay, well, and if you can't personally do that, that's okay. We're not asking anybody to, to risk their own safety, but encourage those individuals who can't wear a mask to utilize the services that are available within our community, whether it's grocery delivery or safe pickups where you just drive up. And just last week was the first time I ever used those. You drive up, they make sure, and they're wearing a mask. Uh, they make sure that you are picking up for your, your delivery. They confirm your name. And then they, they go, they pop your trunk open, and they, <laughs> they put your groceries in. So that's kind of nice. And those are services that many of our community grocery stores and other organizations are offering. So those are some things that you can do and definitely continue to wash your hands. Uh, and we, we know a lot of people are, talking, are focusing on our kids returning to school and what's that gonna look like? And are kids really gonna wear a mask? You can start working with your children so that they can be safe when they have to reintegrate. 
by helping them get more comfortable wearing a mask by doing the same things that were that I just recommended for adults. Wear your mask at home and you don't have to wear it all day. Wear it for a little bit of time. And I know I came from extension and one of our, our agents was a horticulture agent. And she talked about getting plants to transition from living inside the house to living outside of the house, like garden plants and stuff. And she'd say, you just leave them outside for, for 30 minutes the first day. And then the next day you, you leave them outside for an hour. And we can do something very similar with face masks where we wear them for 30 minutes. And, or if you, if you have those really negative uh, sensations in your body, just wear it for as long as you can. And the next day, try again. Because I think that's probably going to be a new normal for us. So at some point, we may have to go out while wearing a mask. So speaking of new normals and new things, and obviously you're experienced at experiencing these new things, uh, what could you recommend to other people who might be starting their own jobs remotely or starting a new job right now during pandemic, the pandemic or just starting a, something new? Something new is obviously very scary, but how do you take the leap and do it? Well, the first thing to realize is that a lot of people are embarking on new adventures right now. There was a lot of people that lost their jobs at the very beginning stages of the pandemic. And so they're with places starting to open up or evolving and doing things differently. They hired a lot more people to do the to go around the store and pack up the stuff that people were ordering for safe pickup. And so people are doing things a little differently now. And a lot of people are experiencing everything new. So I think one of the biggest things to know is that you're not alone in embarking in a new adventure. And everybody is looking at doing things differently. So having a little bit of patience and giving yourself a little bit of grace. Sometimes we want to do our best and we, we know how to do things. And so we think, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this. I have the skill set to do it. And then you realize, oh my goodness, the world has changed. And the stuff that I used to know that I could do maybe aren't the best set of skills to use right now. Maybe it's doing things, like you said, differently virtually. And that's okay too. It's a learning process for everybody. We're not used to hosting big meetings or attending a lot of things virtually. And so just being aware that everybody is in the same boat of doing things differently and a lot of people are starting new adventures. So you're not alone in that. And I think a lot of times people feel additional stress because they think, oh, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it. And nobody else is feeling the same way. But really and truly, a lot of people are feeling this way. So just that, that understanding that you're not alone, is, I think, could be most helpful for people. So what are your goals for the initiative for the next year? So for the next year, we definitely want to make progress to being able to work as an institute. I don't know that we will be able to truly be renamed and go back to being an institute within a year, but we definitely want to make progress. Um, we also want to work on our partnerships. A lot of those founding partners of the West Texas Mental Health Partnership have some great things that are happening that will improve our healthcare access. Uh, for mental health care specifically in our community. So just continuing to be a part of those conversations and continuing to collaborate and facilitate that, that connection, not only between the, the founding partners, but also with other community collaborators and all of those partnerships and all of the things that are 
that we see on the horizon can help improve not only mental health care for our, our community members, but also the mental health and the wellness of children and families within our community. And so that's really the goal, to help improve the lives of our children and our families. All right. Well, thanks for coming on our podcast. I really appreciate all your advice and tips and good luck on the next year. Thank you. And just good luck to everybody embarking on a new adventure, just like I am. Thanks for listening to Get on the Mend. If you like what you've heard, please feel free to share the podcast with your friends and family. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Get on the Mend is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center.